And three, two, one. And hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. So today I'm going to go right into the deep end here. What it's like, what it takes to be a racing driver. Now, obviously, most of you, you're not going to be planning your life to be a racing driver. But it's like a lot of sports stars, sports athletes out there. The commitment you need to be a race driver, you have to be all fucking in. For instance, I started when I was 10 years of age in karts. And we're going to go all the way back. And I'm going to give you the background of what it is, the behind the scenes, because it's not all glamour, what you see on TV. And uh, even though Netflix, Drive to Survive, fantastic program, documentary. But at the same time, that's the glamour side of things. And 99% of this isn't glamour at all. Um, So for instance, I'm going to go back to when I was 10 years of age. I started racing in carts. And, you know, you've got to look after your diet to a degree in karting. You've got to have a, a obviously a good bit of fitness. Um, otherwise, you're not going to go anywhere, right? So you got to get away with it in karting. So for anybody actually who wants to take up karting, you don't have to be all in, as you'd say. And we're going to get to that when you get to car racing. But when it comes to the karting itself, as long as you've got a good fitness level, you're good. I mean, when I was 10, I raced in carts up to 15 years of age. We were traveling around Ireland, going to different tracks in Cork here, Adventure Park in Watergrass Hill. We were going to Kilcornan in Limerick. We were going to Mondello in Dublin, Nuts Corner in Belfast. Four great tracks, fantastic tracks. Uh, and, you know, even at 10 years of age, you've got to love what you're fucking doing here. Because, you know, your your friends are hanging out at 10 years of age and, you know, you're missing out on playtime because you're practicing during the week. You're not around. You're, you know, you've got to get a good night's sleep as a 10-year-old. You've got to be going uh, up to these race weekends every weekend. So even at a race weekend, you're gone on the Friday. You're testing on Saturday. You're racing on Sunday, and then on Monday, even as a 10-year-old, like, you're pretty fucked. Like, you're tired because, you know, you've got the mental concentration, first of all, to, to, you know, on the Sunday, you've got the adrenaline, the nerves. I mean, you're exhausted by the Monday. Um, So, and then you're straight back into school, right? And the thing is, you're taking time off school as well, um, especially for the big events like the Irish Championship race event now normally you'd be testing on a friday so that's one day off school the thursday you're taking off as well because you're getting ready and you're traveling up on the thursday right so even for a parent right looking to get your kids into into to racing hopefully this helps you because you know this is what it takes right this is the kind of commitment that you fucking need to do it and so you know I was doing that for five years. Um, for me, I actually, uh, I dropped out of school uh, at 15 years of age because we, I was doing so well that we were going, right, if we're going to do this, we're all fucking in here. We're all in. And that, that's the way it had to be. And so I remember being in fifth year in school. Now, I was quite young to be in fifth year, in fairness. So I went from racing carts to racing cars. I mean... It's so hard to explain to people the difference between karting and cars. It's unbelievable, right? Um, 
excuse me. So I remember being in fifth year, right? And we were looking at my career saying, okay, well, we need to take this to the next step. We need to get into Formula Ford 1800s in England, right? Now, by the way, when we're thinking of this, I didn't even know how to drive a fucking road car. I've never even, I never even changed a gear, like nothing, right? So, so I remember one day, uh, this was because it all came so fast. My dad came to me and he said, right, well, look, okay, we need to get you to learn how to drive a car. So we went to our track, our karting track, and well, I literally was doing laps around the place. I mean, guys, you have to remember, I was stalling the car. I was fucking up. I didn't have a clue to use a clutch. I was like all over the place at 15 years of age, right? And then I had the added pressure of knowing that, Jesus, okay, well, I need to learn this now because I'm going to racing cars. So going around, spent about a day and a half, um, which was way too little. Um, and then about a week later, at 15 years of age, my dad said, right, well, look, it's now time. We need to take this to the next level. I went, yeah, you're right, dad. And we... <laughs> He turns to me and he says, look, okay, um, we're going to go, you're going to go to England tomorrow. Uh, you're going to pack your bags. You're going to be living over in England and race with the team. I mean, it was so sudden. I mean, at 24 hours notice at 15 years of age, I was like, oh my fucking God, what the hell is going on here? So that's a big jump now. Yeah. You know, it was a huge jump from my dad, but at the same time, look, if you're going to do it, you jump in anyway. So I never thought it was anything bad for my dad. We just had to go. That's it. Now, believe me, when the time push came to shove, I was scared out of my mind. 15 years of age. I never traveled. Uh, I never lived away from home ever. Uh, I had to go on this huge health diet. So in a 24 hour period before I got on that plane to go to England, I drove a, a road car for about a day. I was 15 years of age, loved my junk food. And I had to, to quit all of that. I had to get fit. I had to get a new pra uh, training resume because no matter who you are, karting, you can get away with fitness, but cars, you cannot because you're dealing with G-force, etc. So that was an, an insane amount of information to process as a 15-year-old. Like, imagine you guys, at 15, you all of a sudden realize you have to go on a diet. Forget about traveling into a different country. Just go on a diet, health diet. That is one heavy pill to swallow. So I had all these factors thrown in at me all at once. Uh, so I went over and this team was now a very average team. I mean, I just was not with it, frame of mind. Um, it was too much too soon. Like I didn't have enough time to prepare. So, you know, do you know what? It was a great learning year though. Um, and I'll always be grateful and thankful to my parents for doing this you know why because it toughens you up it was the it was honest to god one of the greatest gifts i've ever received in my life to do with that throw yourself into the deep end fuck it because you learn to swim are you are you drown really simple so as i went over it was pre-season and pre-season is sort of uh, you know december january february and you kick off the racing year in march april and uh, so I decided, or we all decided, I go over, did some bit of testing here and there. Um, the team were a complete bunch of assholes. Um, like they were kind of bullying me almost. It was pathetic um, how they were. Um, they didn't have a fucking clue what they were doing. And um, 
And to be fair, I didn't either because I was still trying to process a fucking health diet and living away from home. And I end up trying to stay in this apartment with, with uh, my race engineer at the time. Well, you wouldn't even call him a race engineer, this guy. But still, he was technically a race engineer. And uh, so I was living with him in an apartment. And I was living in his apartment. Now, this guy's about 30 years of age. So all of a sudden, he hooks up with the neighbor directly across the road. This one called Mannix. I'll never forget her. And by the way, that's God's honest truth. Her name was actually Mannix. M-A-N-N-I-X. Right? (laughs) And this girl now was rough around the edges, let me tell you. I mean, she was a complete... She was just a scumbag. Absolute scumbag. And I'll never forget it. I had to go live with her because... He was moving out after about three weeks of living with him and meeting her. He decided to shack up with her. And because of that, I had to go live with her and him in her house. And it gets worse. I mean, Jesus Christ. Do you know what? I haven't actually talked about this. I don't think I've ever, ever actually talked about this properly, except to my mum. No, it's not a huge family secret, but I suppose I just, I never wanted to go there. This is actually kind of healing for me, to be honest, I have to say. Jesus Christ. Um, it's therapeutic just getting it all out Um, and we lived there and she had four cats first of all this place was a dump she had four cats and anybody that's listening to this may God as my witness this is not one letter word of exaggeration what what I'm about to say this is not an exaggeration She had four cats, and she was such a scumbaggy, messy woman. She used to let the cats shit on the floor, the actual kitchen floor, the TV floor, um, some upstairs, even on the actual stairs. She never used to put out those, what do you call them, the the kidder leader boxes. And when she did, she had them, and she she was so lazy that she actually did not bother to, to empty them out. I mean, to to actually see this, what human being in their right mind actually wants to live in that type of mess and a smell of cat shit everywhere? I like if anybody's listening to this, you're probably thinking I'm full of shit. I'm making this up. And I'm not making this up. And, you know, funnily enough. That's one part of this that I never, this wasn't a gift, the cat shit. And I remember I'm 15 years of age. I'm calling home to my mum, bawling my fucking eyes out. It just, I don't know what to do. Uh, We obviously, we talked to my dad and we, we got it sorted after a few weeks because no one can live in that disgusting mess. I mean, imagine guys, right? You're away from home, 15 years of age, going on a health diet, trying to learn how to race a car. Uh, you, you, then all of a sudden you're living with some guy and then because he wants to live with some girl, then all of a sudden you have to actually move in with that girl who you don't want to be going in with. And there's literally cat shit on the floor in the kitchens. Little puddles of cat shit. <sighs> I gotta say, actually, it even brings that little boy, the, my inner inner child coming back up at me here. Jesus Christ. So, uh, 
we did we we finished off the year um and i mean it was it was it was a flop but it wasn't a flop that year was an incredible life learning year for me in terms of you know being independent um it was also a brilliant year of just learning how to drive a car right because i did i had no preparation i was mentally fucked in a bad place with everything going on you know i couldn't breathe um and then we came back to ireland and again like guys and then i had to really get into the training right the 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 weight training uh the the cardio programs and i mean you've got to be at 15 16 years of age you've got to be training at, at least two hours a day my diet consisted of going from like i was saying junk food from when I was a kid eating, you know, crisps and potatoes and chocolate bars, all that shit. I went from that to going into the ma- major health diet because I got this allergy test and I found out that I'm really allergic to pretty much every fucking food out there. Wheat, yeast, tomatoes, dairy products. I mean, so limited that my my diet. And um, so you've got to be training two hours a day. Two hours a day. Now, you can take you know, the Saturday and Sunday's off. That's cool, right? Um, but Monday to Fridays, you're you're on that treadmill or you're out running, jogging, whatever you need to do, you're you're out there for two hours a day. Plus your health diet now is different, right? You're you're eating porridge in the morning, which is obviously very, very healthy and good for you. Um I was eating porridge in the mornings. Um for lunch I was eating organic pasta. Now, the organic pasta, there was no sauces, no salt, no sugars, no added anything. I had to go on literally as plain as you can go. And I, and again, now, there was, a, look, it, well, it's not all poor me because you feel fantastic after this stuff, the porridge and the, the pasta, right? And then, you know, for dinner, you'll have your meat and your veg, right? But, you I mean, you got to have your, your meat. You know, you're, you're not otherwise you just don't have fucking energy you're gonna be so slim anorexic almost and um it's really tough it's really tough but this is the the commitment that you need to do now you can have some junk food at the weekends and because again uh, the, the advantage of getting that fit is that if you get that fit you can get away with eating junk food because you're burning it off so fucking fast. But you have to get to that stage where you can do that, right? Uh, the weight training is very, um, uh, I suppose, specific. Uh, you've got to be as light as you can. <clears throat> Excuse me. You've got to be as light as you can. Um, so, you know, you're only lifting two kilo weights, like very light weights, just tone up the muscles. Um, your wrists are huge factor of it too. Um, your arms, of course. Um, so like that was my first year. And then I went into the formula Fords and, um, but again, now you've got to up, up the, up the, the fitness training when you're starting to progress up the levels. Right. And again, you know, as you're getting older, like I'm 18, 19, all my friends are going on the piss, drinking at the weekend. And the weekend before the, an, an, a race event, you're, you're not drinking, right? If you have it about two or three weeks off, you know, believe me, a racing driver, we go fucking mental when we, when we let, let, let loose, you know? Um, so like if you're racing on uh, next weekend, this weekend coming, you're not drinking at all. 
you're in bed fucking early because you got to have the right fucking time. Um, even if like when I was racing in America, we got the jet lag. So a couple of weeks before you go to America, you're timing your body. So if I was racing in New York, which I did, they're five hours behind. I'd stay up an extra five hours in Ireland and then, you know, get up. So, yeah, getting up um, uh, earlier or later and then you're staying up earlier or later. Right. And uh, that's the kind of commitment it takes. I mean, it really does. And you know what? That's not just for me. This is for all sports athletes or sports stars out there. The commitment and focus you need is unbelievable. Now, I mean, PlayStation, God love them. They were great because the Formula One games were unbelievably realistic and they're just getting better and better every fucking year. Um, And that keeps your mind sharp. Um, So, you know, you're playing an hour of that a day, two hours a day in the gym um, or running on the, the road, whatever, the healthy food. You know, so like people can see the, the Netflix Drive to Survive documentary. And you know what? It's no joke. You, you don't see the behind the scenes, the, the dark side of racing, call it, you know. And then you get to like practice days where you've got to be up in the morning early and ready to go stretching and the whole lot. Um, you know, you're setting up the car, uh, the car for the weekend. Um, you're spending the whole day there. And then, you know, you get to the race weekend and you've got to be on. You've got to be on it. You can't go to bed late at night. You know, you just cannot go to bed late at night. I mean, I remember this one time uh, we, we were karting. It was when I was 15, I think. And um, there was a race event in Mondello. So I decided uh, there was two nights before that. There was a there was a party. Now, it was at, coming to the end of the season. As far as I remember, or maybe I think it was. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but it was coming to the end of the season. And I never knew that it would affect me that much. So. It was the Sunday, the race, the Friday night, there was a, there was a huge party going on and it, that was rare. And I had a few drinks that night and I, I raced on the Sunday. And let me tell you this, guys, you've got to, your reactions have to be so good for racing that even on the Sunday at 15 years of age, I fucked up on the race. I broke too late going to a corner, completely missed my re- My reactions were shot and I went straight off in the rain into the gravel. And race over. Done. And that was simply down to fucking drinking two nights before that. Right? I mean, it's, it's, it's unreal. Like, I mean, it's funny to look back on it now, but, I mean, you got to really be all in, guys, or nothing. And, you know, you're risking your life, too, in racing. And that's a huge thing. You know, um, like, it's funny. I, if anybody has ever heard of Mark Webb, he was a five-time BMX champion, Right? So it's weird because I met him and um, there's different types of risk. So in other words, as a racing driver, I'm strapped into a car. Okay, really strapped in nice and tight. There's roll bars around me. You're thinking, oh, hey, cool. Now, if you go off at 150, 160 miles an hour, you could be dead. Especially the cars that I was racing back then, they were no, they were nowhere, nowhere near as safe as the cars that now, right? So you could be dead. Now, weird though, you mightn't actually break any bone in your body, but you could still die. Whereas I knew this Mark Webb guy, BMX champion, not necessarily risking your life, you know, because you're on a BMX and okay, he was doing like freewheel freestyle stunts. I mean, amazing stunts, but the the carnage these guys went through 
Like he was, you know, he knew guys that were paralyzed in wheelchairs. But yet you wouldn't necessarily lose your life in a BMX accident, but you could get every injury in the world versus racing cars. You probably won't get any injuries on your body, but you could you could die. So, I mean, it's amazing the way and fascinating, interesting, the way the different sports can can bring different risks. You know, like, I mean, I, I did know three guys when I was when I was racing. Um, they're all dead. They're all dead. I remember a guy who used to race in Formula 1800 with me. He went into a corner in third gear, about 120. I don't know what happened to him. He went off off the track into a tire wall. The, the wheel came off his car. And it went straight up in the air. And it came straight down out of all the sky in all the world. It came straight down on his helmet. Bang. Dead. Instantly. I knew this guy who progressed to IndyCar in America. 200 mile an hour crash. Hit the, hit the, the fence. And to be honest, they don't show much of it on TV or YouTube or anything. Um, and that's good. It's respectful. He's dead. Another guy I know, dead, IndyCar. Um, there was other guys that raced in the lower levels. Excuse me, dead. So it, it can be. Uh, it can be horrific. Horrific. Um, I mean, I was incredibly lucky. I mean, I remember there was a, there was a race crash I had in Snetterton uh, in Formula Ford. And you're going into the, uh, you're coming out of this corner called the Bomb Hole. And you're going into, I think it's called Richie's. You're going in third gear flat out and then coming out of Richie's, you're doing it about 130 and then you, you break uh, really hard because you're going to a first gear corner. Now, when we say brake, guys, like this isn't like a road car, you know, you, you gradually put on the brakes and, you know, like you're doing this at 100 meters from the corner. Now, if you can imagine 100 meters, that's fuck all at 130, 140 miles an hour, right? So you are slamming on the brakes down down two gears from third to first and it's into a chicane went for the brake pedal nothing and fortunately there was a runoff straight ahead of me so i was turning into a right hand chicane but i realized uh oh oh shit i've got no brakes so i actually had to go through the grass well i was hoping to go through the grass anyway and i went through the grass and at least i can get back onto the main straight again hook up with everybody and just casually bring the car back in really slow pace with no brakes and uh so all of a sudden huge bumps and dips in the uh in the grass that i tried to go through and the car just launched up in the air i I actually even to this day i remember it like i remember it like it was two minutes ago and i just see myself seeing the sky flying through in the air and it's weird, guys, because there's no actual noise. Honest to God. It's like watching a movie and you put the TV on mute. There's nothing. Nothing. I remember every image, but I remember no noise. Not even slamming down on the, car, the, the track again, back to, back to ground. Nothing. And everything happens in slow motion. And I ended up going through the... the tried to go through the the grass to join onto the straight, but I ended up actually in the chicane over on the right-hand side about, uh, about 150 yards over. And my engineer actually saw the crash because the main straights, that's where your, 
your mechanics and engineer actually stand and he saw the whole thing he thought i was dead um luckily i got out of the car just concussion um bit banged up but nothing major so like i've had cracked ribs um my hand actually my 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 right hand i um i'm not sure if i actually broke it before but it never actually healed properly um so i think i fractured it or maybe i actually did break it but i have a lump still on my right hand um for when i was racing back in the day never never actually healed properly even though i have perfect strength um so i've got that concussion about six or seven times (laughs) um so i don't know maybe that'll impact me when i get older and older hopefully not so um it, it is guys it's um different type of risks for different type of sports stars sports athletes but it's um it's it's no joke i mean you have to be all in and i think you know what guys i'm gonna wrap this up now but i suppose really what i'm trying to get to with this whole thing at the end of the day the bottom line the point is this you have to be all in i was i had a brilliant career and you know what lack of sponsorship i didn't get to the end unfortunately and that happens for about 99.5 percent of drivers no joke 99.5 percent just the way it is and but you still have to be all in so whether you're trying to be a tennis player soccer player football player rugby player hockey formula one star you have to go all fucking in because believe me, like I have no regrets on my commitment to racing. I, I, I never look back and go, oh, you know. No, I definitely had some race weekends where I wasn't as sharp or I was distracted by other things. Yeah, I did. But nothing major, you know. Because look, we're all human at the end of the day. We all have some of our good moments and our bad moments, you know. You're going to be off. You're going to make mistakes. Um, but it's all about commitment. Even in, um, even in relationships, which I talk about a lot on, on social media. Um, you have to be all in if you're going to do this. You know, if you're going to go be a sports star, do the diet, do your two hours of training a day, take the weekends off, right? You have to make sure you know what you're about to go in before you go in. You know, and the most important thing, you enjoy the process. You enjoy it because if you don't enjoy it, you're fucked. You are fucked fucked and i would recommend if you don't if you if you don't feel like you want to go all in don't find something else you can do pick up golf you know i mean athletes these days are definitely getting healthier and fitter because of tiger woods he changed that whole game but you gotta go all in you know and if you don't well maybe golf is good for you or something you know so yeah guys that's my behind the scenes of um I mean, I haven't even touched the surface, really, of my racing stories, but yeah, that was some of the uh, the shit that I put up with when I was 15, 16, 17, 18. Um, and it is tough, guys. It's tough. So, I'll leave it there. Guys, thanks for listening, and um, I'll be back again. Cheers, guys. <laughs>